gets it to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Episode number 133 in the history of this fine program. I am John Rashad. Manny Pavez here. Matt Dumichel. Getting closer and closer to Canada Day and the epic pool party that's going to be happening at Manny's. It's going to be crazy. 133 cannonballs into the pool from John Rashad. <laughs> A 133 tall boy roulette options for you in the ice tub at the front of the TV. You know what? That's a great idea. In fact, that we do have 133, and let's see how many we can get through over the course of the weekend. <laughs> well, with Frank the Tank here, I'll be happy to grab a couple of them, but uh, <laughs> I feel like we'll be wrestling for the, the remainder there, Manny. <laughs> Seriously. And the pizza slices, we, you should, we should just give up, Matt. Let's just let John... Eat them all, and then we'll have the scraps, like the half the pepperoni that's left on the table afterwards. I've I've got uh, I've got myself a, a lunch packed already. I, I got to make myself a peanut butter and jam sandwich with a cheese stick. I, I I'm not <laughs> gonna stand a chance at getting these pizzas. The only thing I'm getting out of the out of the box of pizza is that little plastic table thing <laughs> they put in the middle so that Ev can put it in her dollhouse. That's my only expectation from the, the pizza boxes that are going to show up at your front door. It's a great Barbie table if you think about it. It really is. They're, they're perfect. I've, I've, I have a great time with them. Now, Rashad, I have a question for you. How, to pre- how do you prepare for this epic weekend? Do you like practice eating Seven pizzas in a sitting question. to prepare your to prepare your stomach. Like, do you eat and drink like a twelve pack to prepare yourself for this weekend? Like, how does one go about this, Rashad? Yeah, I usually do end up uh, kind of drinking a little bit the couple weekends before, but I haven't been actually this time, so I'm worried. I'm worried I'm going to be a lightweight. Well, because I've we've and I think it was a thirty for thirty or something like that, Manny, that we watched on Joey Chestnut and how he does yeah. his weird exercises, like yeah. legit with weights on his jaw. Like it kind of looks like a saw movie, but <laughs> I don't think his head just rips wide open. But John, like here, this is you got to be in mid-season form here. Like Manny and I have been drinking every day for the last one hundred and thirty-three days to get ready for this. Like, <laughs> like seriously, not, there's no Kool-Aid jammers at this party, Rashad. There's Mama's out of Sunny D. <laughs> I've added fifty pounds in preparation for this weekend, Rashad. <laughs> I think I added about that much during COVID. I'm trying to uh, trying to drop a little yeah. bit of weight before I get there because this could be the first time in my life that I'm by far the biggest guy at the pool. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta do something here. Well, I've got myself a July 11th appointment for a tummy tuck, so I don't care what this looks like. <laughs> We're going full bore. Matt, when you said you're around 200 pounds, I was like, oh, Jesus. And I stepped on the scale. I'm like, I'm 220. I got to start fasting here. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, I'm going to put on my baby weight here. <laughs> I'm 299, Rashad. We'll be fine. We've seen each other naked. It's fine. It's all good. Wait, now, 
In the theme, I don't think I've seen you naked. What? What? Wait a minute, I don't remember we this. We live together. Remember. <laughs> Hey, in the in the theme of Joey Chestnut, do you dunk the pizzas in the beer and eat them? Mm-hmm. Got to make it soft, right? Is this what you do, Rashad? Like, how do you put it away? Is there a no go topping for you on pizza? Uh no, I'm. I can pretty much. I can handle almost anything. Really? really? Yeah. yeah. Anchovies. Um, no, my dad used to love anchovies, and so I'd end up having some of his when I was a kid. Really? So yeah, I will eat anchovies. So pizza. we're going to have some pizza. Yeah, yeah olives, olives are not my favorite. But, oh, hot peppers I don't love. I like spicy food, but I just don't like the texture of hot peppers on a pizza. So we're going to have one pizza set aside. It's just going to have pepperoni, mushroom, and rat poison. And that'll be the one that, <laughs> <laughs> that we served you first. And then we can have all the pizza to ourselves. There you go. that's amazing my dog doesn't like it when we laugh so loud so bailey's losing his mind here at the house oh no so bales you're gonna be in for a long weekend too my boy (laughs) speaking of people passed out at the pool bailey will be front and center hey bales let's get on this is our only show of the week no ot this week but go back and spend some time listening to some of our previous guests. Yeah, we've had some great ones. Like just last week on the OT, we had OHL Commissioner David Branch on the podcast talking about the state of the league. And that's quite fitting with the OHL finals wrapping up last week and the Memorial Cup beginning this week. Yeah, and a number of other guests that we've had. OHL Player of the Year, Wyatt Johnston, broadcasters Fred Wallace, Tony Ambrosio, Terry uh, Terry Doyle, former hockey players, executives, uh, coach of the year in the GOJHL, Dale Mitchell, Mike Fuda as well. The list goes on and on. And fellas, there's no shortage of uh, information to uh, talk about this week, so let's get right into it. Back for Stamkos, left circle. Center point, Hedman. Shoot! Off the post! Score! Perry on the rebound! Corey Perry became the first NHL player in history to score in the Stanley Cup Finals with four different teams. He's now done it with Anaheim, Dallas, Montreal, and now Tampa Bay as the Lightning won Game 3 to cut Colorado's lead in the NHL Finals to two games to one. The Lightning did recover from a 2-0 series deficit to the Rangers in the Conference Finals. Do you think they can do it again here in the final? Wow, they looked really good too. And what a swing from a 7-0 Colorado victory in Game 2 to a 6-2 victory for Tampa Bay in Game 3. Pretty dominant performances in both of those games by different teams. Like Tampa Bay seems to have found their mojo. I just wonder how serious the injury is to Kucherov that Tampa Bay's not talking about after he took that hit from Devin Taves, I believe. Uh, in in game three. I picked Colorado to win the cup. I'm still going to go with them. It's just one game. No need to get nervous. But Tampa Bay is still on home ice, and they looked pretty darn good, John. Yeah, they ran up the score, and uh, yeah, they looked pretty dominant on home ice. So I don't think they're done yet. I think this series is going to be interesting. What do you think, Matt? Tampa Bay is just effing with all of us. (laughs) That's that's what John Cooper does. That's what Julian Brisebois does. That's what all the guys on that team do. How many, if you go back, 2-0 deficits have they been in? 
this is the first, you know, 2-0 deficit they were in. They didn't have home ice. They didn't have home ice against the Rangers either. They really, I swear, they get blown out in early in the series just to find out what the other team's going to do. And now they're like, oh, okay, we, we know now. You're, you're, you're screwed. Like, you feel like after watching uh, that game specifically on its own, like Colorado is in trouble because they didn't go up 3 nothing. Like, I only expect right now this series goes back to Colorado tied 2-2. I think that would be a huge disappointment for Tampa Bay if they can't tie this series after the way they played at home in Game 3. So now it becomes a best-of-three against a young team with no experience and the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. All of a sudden, guess who you kind of like to pull this off? And oh yeah, they were down 2 nothing again. No, I'm I'm still riding Colorado because I can't believe the talent that's on that team. But man, oh man, this has to be across sports in my lifetime, maybe the most impressive three years from a single franchise in any sport. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's hard to fathom what Tampa Bay is doing. Like, not since the Islanders and the Oilers of the 80s have we seen an hockey team be so dominant Mm -hmm. like it it's been three decades boys four decades and it's been it's such a different game they've got a salary cap now they've got some big names that have moved out that they've had to replace that they make these little trades and uh all that but tampa didn't do too much at the deadline tampa ain't need to do much at the deadline boys because look at that that team that's there that core that's there somehow every year they get in and and somehow get doubted where i mean i'm still picking colorado but uh, i mean tampa bay wins this thing how do you how do you not root for for them and and be just astonished by what they've been able to do so here's a question do you go back with kemper in game four if you're colorado or do you give the the crease to pavel francois See, I go to Kemper for sure. Yeah, me I too. Think me when too. you get into, if yeah. you're, you know, again, you, you have to look at every game as as its own entity at, at this point. I mean, if if they win 2 nothing or 2-1 or whatever, instead of 7-2 or whatever the score was in, in that game, 7-1, 6-2, I don't know. But, like, it's one game, you're still up 2-1. You can't change the goalie now. Like, that's that's a knee-jerk reaction, and that's panic to me. Exactly. Like I and think that's exactly what John Cooper wants, because he's just yeah. effing with all of you guys. Like, like, I think if Colorado does that, it's a panic move. Mm-hmm. And it sends a message to your team, as well as the opposing team, that all of a sudden we're panicking. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you're still leading in the series 2-1. There's no need to change the goalie just yet. Yep. Tampa Bay was the better player. The guy posted a shutout in game two. No need to change the goaltenders for game four. Okay, so take it a step further then. If um, two minutes in, Tampa Bay is up 2 nothing, then do you make the change? Two minutes in. Two goals in two minutes were shot? Yeah. Are you putting well, you money go. on this? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you putting your Kentucky Derby winnings? Your shots buying the pizza. <laughs> Woohoo! No, I'm just oh, I'm no. asking how short is the leash? It's, it's I don't a think long it's too, leash for me. Yeah, I don't think it's too short. They score two goals in two minutes. It's timeout first, 
And then if after the first period it's four nothing, sure, make make the move. But um, no, I think you I think you ride it out, and and you know I I don't mind the the goalie change at this point too. And I think the the timing that it's done, or the only time I, I'd even consider it Stanley Cup Finals is this game's over. We need to give you an extra day or an extra half a day or something like that to rest up and get ready for the next one. At this point, there's you know there's no point in pulling goalies unless you're trying to save somebody. And also in the NHL, the NHL handed out its hardware on Tuesday night. And actually kind of surprising. I think probably maybe all of us will agree. Not many surprises in the major awards handed out on Tuesday night. We're surprised that there weren't surprises. Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Rashad? Yeah, <laughs> I, that's fair. Makar wins the Norris. Shesterkin the Vesna. Cider the Calder. Matthews, hey. the, Matthews the Hart. Like I think we all thought it was Austin Matthews to lose. So he wins the big award. Shesterkin, no doubt, wins the Vesna. Um, I'm not surprised by Makar. Are you surprised by Cider winning the Calder, Matt, over Zegris? No, that's that was a guarantee. I think that was uh, an absolute lock for picking it. Now, in the NHL, do we get to find out what the number of votes were for everybody? Does that come out eventually? Well, Matt, I'm glad you asked. Because hey. I, I can tell you right now. Matthews finished with 1,630 points. McDavid, 1111. So 519 point difference. And how does this work? You get five points for first place and four points for second? or something Like Matthews like had 119 first place votes. Okay. McDavid had 29. Okay. I'm so, good with that. Yeah. Your boy Johnny Godreau was fourth. Oh, my boy. Would have taken him in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) And even more NHL news. Three NHL coaching jobs have been filled. Pete DeBoer, after getting fired by Vegas, has landed with the Dallas Stars. John Tortorella has been hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Edmonton Oilers have removed the interim tag from Jay Woodcroft's title. Which coach do you think will last longer with their team? Oh, I like the way this is. This question is phrased. Um, I Ooh. actually got to spend last week, not to name drop at all, because we don't do that <laughs> on this show. Uh, got to spend a, a little bit with Steve Spot. Uh, and, Spotter. Uh, Spot. You know what? I don't know who wouldn't like Steve Spot. <laughs> he, was, he was people great. in Owen Sound. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. Super, super good guy. Got a chance to chat with him for a little bit. And of course, had some great things to say about, about Pete DeBoer. And I think the Dallas hire for Pete DeBoer is, is a perfect match. I think that's uh, you know a, a winning coach and uh, a veteran coach that's got a, a team that's on the rise or is right there. So I, I like that move for him. I do like Jay Woodcroft. Um, more than Manny does, I think he's going to be there for the the a, a good chunk of time as well. But to answer the question specifically, I would say Jay Woodcroft is the one who is likely to get fired first because time is running out there more than anything else. But I just still cannot believe this John Tortorella Philadelphia Flyers hiring, and we've talked about this before. And just recycling coaches, you're telling me. There is somebody, there is not another person out there that could run a bad hockey team better than a guy who gets, who is fired everywhere because the time just runs out on him. 
that this is this is going to be an absolute circus. And I'm going to watch just to see oh, how, how bad this is going to turn out. But this is such a disappointing hire in 2022 for an NHL team. I agree. And you know what? Figures Philadelphia would do it. I think exactly. Philadelphia is one of the worst organizations in the NHL. And John Tortorella, he fits right in with that whole thing. I just, ugh. I'm so sick of John Tortorella. I'm sick of his press conferences. I'm sick of how the teams always end up just hating his guts and stop playing for him. I just, I don't know how he keeps getting hired. I can't figure it out. Like, I sort of think that this may be a case that the Flyers couldn't get anyone else and they needed a name. Like, you're right, Matt. We both, all three of us talk about how let's bring in some new blood in the league. But I think the Flyers are different because they're in a market that is desperate for a winner and they need a name. And I don't know if they could pull it off with a guy that you've never heard of before. So you go with a Tortorella. But I hate the hire. 11 out of the last 15 years, his teams have not gotten out of the first round. That's that's not a recipe for success there. Yeah. Like... I, I hear what you're saying about Woodcroft. He was 26-9-3 down the stretch, and he has the best player on the planet on his roster in Connor McDavid. You should be set up for success. Pete DeBoer, what has he done? Finished basically with double the amount of wins that he did losses in Vegas and lost his job. Took the Devils to the Stanley Cup Final. Took the Sharks to the Stanley Cup Final. Took Vegas to the Conference Finals. This guy can take teams deep. So mm-hmm. I think the answer is Peter DeBoer will last longer. However, in saying that, I actually kind of think all three coaches may lose their jobs around the same time. Like, I think yeah. Dallas's window is pretty small, too. Um, you know, Jamie Benn is not getting younger. Neither is Tyler Sagan. They obviously have to make a decision about their back end. Uh, they got a great goaltender in Jake Ottinger, but their defense – they need to make a decision on, on what they're going to do with their defense. Um, and I agree with what Matt said. The Oilers' window is pretty small, too, because it seems like McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to get frustrated if they don't win very soon. Yeah. Torts very well could have the longest tenure here of these guys because there's nothing good coming out of Philadelphia. Like They've got a, a poor-ranked farm system. They don't have a ton of guys with a big club. He's, he's being touted as a, a guy that can turn teams around really quick coming off of bad seasons and such. And, I mean, that's normally a two-year window in the NHL now, if, if nothing else. It's just, like, uh, it's so disappointing. It's so like lackluster. It's, it's not, you know, the, the new wave of hockey and the way that hockey is going. It just seems like John Tortorella is, is just the, the guy – who just stays too long at the party and literally eats all the food and drinks all the beer. And then you find him a you know, wake up and he's on your floaty the next morning. And you're like, can you just leave please, John <laughs> Tortorella, not Rashad. Yeah, not, wait, wait, what? Tortorella. Make <laughs> okay. sure Tortorella, it's not Rashad. Hitting a little oh, close amazing. to home there, Matt. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and in the NBA, the golden state warriors are NBA champs. Let the celebration begin. 
with four titles in the last eight years, the run is not done. The Golden State Warriors, once again, are NBA champions. The Warriors are a dynasty after winning their fourth championship in eight years. And Steph Curry won the playoff MVP award for the first time in his career. And uh, we received a couple of questions from Michael and Chatham and Ken in Burlington about the chatter among sports radio hosts who are now proclaiming Steph is a top 10 basketball player of all time. They want to know if you guys agree. Well, you've just proclaimed the Warriors of Danette Dynasty. That's a good hot take, Rashad. Actually, I agree with you. That's a good hot take. But in my mind, I think Steph Curry was already a top 10 all-time NBA player because how he revolutionized the game. Like, everybody shoots the three ball now. And that is because of Steph Curry. Not... You, and then you add in the fact that he's a four-time champion, two-time regular season MVP, now a playoff MVP. There's, without a question in my mind, he's a top 10 of all-time NBA player. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. I hate the fact that everyone shoots threes. I used to love the era where each team had a three-point specialist, so I don't love that. But I give him credit for that, that a lot of players are now more complete players because a lot of guys have to know how to shoot a three. And with the number of MVPs, like you said, and scoring titles, he's entering Michael Jordan territory soon. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I can't argue. I think he's probably in the top 10. I think he's 11th. I wouldn't put him 10th yet. I think he should be pretty happy with being the greatest shooter that the NBA has ever seen. Name your Uh, 10 others. Sure. I'll go right in no particular order. Uh, LeBron James. um, Who's the other guy? Michael Jordan. (laughs) I go Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Shaq. Larry Bird, Chamberlain. That's eight. Uh, Bill Russell's probably up there. Hakeem the Dream. Oh, no, there's ten. No, no. Isaiah no Thomas. No, no, no. See, you lost me at Hakeem. Darko Milicic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what about Dirk? Uh, Dirk's, Dirk he's 11. He's a guy for me. No, he's top 15. Curry's in the top 10. Like, some pretty good players there that you've mentioned, but have they changed the game? Like they've racked up the points. They've won MVPs. They've won championships, but he's actually changed the game. That's, I think what stands out. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and it's from Matt's favorite sport, soccer. Wasowski, Blessing, Hollingshead, and Arango, and still it won't go in. Amazing escape for Seattle. Stephen Fry from the Seattle Sounders makes not one, but two point-blank saves in Major League Soccer, and it was voted on by you, our fans, as the play of the week, and I protest. You I protest? That's protesting. Yeah. What? Stephen Kwan, that diving catch. How do you not pick that? That was a hell of a grab. I voted for that one. But I don't mind the soccer play because the soccer play was really good too. 
Here I thought we had a bunch of hockey fans following and listening to us. Soccer is king, boys. MLS, so you can go outside and see five kids play MLS soccer, can't you? There's nothing special about that. You're you're coaching an MLS team, aren't you? I, I am. I, I we don't we when nobody keeps score. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's MLS soccer. <laughs> I will say for for a goalie to make two saves on a net about the size of Seattle, that's. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll give him that. I'm surprised that we didn't get to pull, and this is kind of where where I was a little uh, disappointed with with the play of the week nominations and stuff. If we can really get a little bit further than that, I mean, you've got our, my boy Fajaro completed pass to Picton, 28 yard touchdown, put the Saskatchewan Rough Riders ahead. They convert the two point conversion and just dust the Elks to get to a perfect 2-0 so far in the CFL season. 56 points offensively already. Just rolling, just walking, like casual saunter towards a Grey Cup championship already. (laughs) Did you forget to mention that Winnipeg and Calgary are also (laughs) 2-0? Look, if you go on the CFL standings right now, I'm only looking at the number one team. There's a team at second place. Yeah, that's, that's cute. Saskatchewan <laughs> has scored 56 points. Winnipeg is is hardly a got a 500 uh, 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 points even point total. Calgary scored 63 points. What's your argument about that? They've given up 57. The name of the <laughs> name the name five. of the game is to score more. Okay, They've scored so- more. You put you put the eggs in the plus five team basket, and I'll go ahead with the, the team that's plus twenty seven. Nearly doubled their opponents in scoring so far. There's not if a single team that can touch it. Just start etching the names in now, boys. Get that trophy ready to go. Let's go, Saskatchewan. What's that fight song? Go, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Near the green and white. By that go line of thinking. Sask- the BC Lions would be first. They've outscored their opponent 59-15. They've true. only played one game. So? They've outscored. They're still a they, perfect. They they're still get, perfect. They couldn't get the shift off at Dairy Queen to play the game. They had to <laughs> move the game. Uh, you keep insulting Dairy Queen and the CFL, damn it. How about how about that East Division? Hey, you want to talk about, uh, we always talk about parity in sport and how great professional sports is. The East Division, there's four teams, one win in the division. <laughs> hey, there is parity. Ottawa's 0-2, Hamilton's 0-2, and Montreal's 0-2. Parity. Good. Hamilton and Montreal at 0-2 have scored more points than the beloved Blue Bombers. So I wouldn't be too concerned with who's above you right now. I'd be trying to keep my head above water if I'm in Winnipeg. You don't worry. We're 2-0. That's the bottom line. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. We're still back at the play of the week. (laughs) 
<laughs> At least it's not rapid fire. We're getting better, Rashad. That's true. That's true. Hey, you know what I was going to say, too? Of course, we have a lot of soccer fans listening to our podcast. This thing's usually about 70 minutes and not much happens. Oh! <laughs> oh, I'm, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm scoring goals left, right, and center. Good, good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, we should end the show there. <laughs> By the way, if you are going to vote on the play of the week and there is a soccer play, it's probably going to win. So maybe wait the next week. But we're going to put the results up for you to take a, take a look at of your nominees. Four is what we will provide you with. And you'll be able to vote on that every Monday on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast FFC. And then on the Wednesday edition of For Future Considerations, we will let you know which soccer play won or which save Tyler Demko or Trevor Demko or whatever his first name was made. And before anyone inboxes me, I do know that uh, soccer is 90 minutes, but our podcast is usually about 70 minutes. <laughs> Don't send me messages. Uh, they're already <laughs> starting to come in. I can <laughs> hear them now. 20 minutes and not miss too much out of a soccer game, John. It's all right. <laughs> I can hear the vuvuzelas drowning you out. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of messages, we have a question that came in just yesterday from Scott in Hamilton after Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement for the NFL. Uh, Scott wants to know if Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. Ooh, good question. Like, uh, you know, I was on the Steph Curry revolutionized the game kick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, I think he, I don't think he revolutionized the game. Like I, if I think about tight ends that revolutionized the game, probably think of Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez who would okay. catch everything. So they caught everything. But it, to me, like Ronkowski took it to another level because look at his stats, 11 seasons, 92 touchdowns in 11 season, and he won the Super Bowl four times. So, um, you know, he might be the greatest of all time. Like, I think, yeah, I think Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez, they started the revolution where the tight end was more than just a blocker. They turned into an offensive weapon and, and Gronk perfected it. So, yeah, I would say he's the best tight end. I'm going to say he's the second best tight end of all time. And my judgment is is purely coming unfairly. And I will admit that. So you don't you can take that out of your argument. He had the best quarterback of all time throwing him the ball literally his entire career. That's a to me that is a bit of a strike or something that it takes away from me where when you look at Tony Gonzalez's numbers, third all-time in reception, sixth all-time in yards, 14 Pro Bowls. I mean, the one thing he doesn't have is what Gronk has a ton of, but he also didn't have Tom Brady the entire time through. So it's probably unfair to look at it that way, but I would put Tony Gonzalez just a notch ahead of him because he didn't get a chance to play with the greatest quarterback of all time or even really uh, uh, the best quarterback at in that year or in that duration of his career. That's fair. That I think that's a fair argument. 
And, you know, are we going to be talking the same thing about Travis Kelsey with Pat Mahomes, right, mm-hmm. going forward? How long are they going to be paired together going forward? Mm-hmm. And we've been comparing uh, different players throughout history here. And by the way, a little sports history for you before we go to rapid fire. It was on this day, June 22nd, 1874, the game of lawn tennis was first introduced. Oh my God, we're shot. This is, this is when your fandom started? <laughs> I was a wee lad in 1874. 1874? 1874. Is that like Holy. the old Jerry Seinfeld bit where they just started to out the scoring? It was too hot and they were wearing these long dresses and long sleeves and one person hits the ball and the other person misses it. And they're just, ah, you know what? Just take 15 points. <laughs> you do it again. Ah, it's 30 now. Forget it. <laughs> 146 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Who won that match? <laughs> John McEnroe did. <laughs> it had to be, had to be he, McEnroe. And he was pissed the whole time. <laughs> McEnroe, Agassi, what a matchup. Are you ready? Now it's time for rapid fire and let's have a little fun. Did you guys hear Charles Barkley's interview with Kyle Bukoskis of Sportsnet during game three of the Stanley Cup final? Sir, Charles Barkley. So Charles, great to speak with you. What do you think of uh, Cooper and company through two periods here so far? Well, they're playing fantastic. I got to say a couple of things. Number one, your hair is freaking awesome. Your hair is awesome. Hey, hello. You're a good looking man too. You're like the Canadian uh, Tom Brady to me. Gosh. Well, that's maybe the biggest compliment I've ever received from a big man. So, Charles, thank you again. No, thank you for having me. You heard that right. Charles said Kyle was the Canadian Tom Brady. Agree or disagree? <laughs> Charles Barkley's stock, just in, in sports circles, is just skyrocketing with all of his hockey knowledge. He's been so great. You have the best hair. <laughs> like I love that Barkley's a hockey fan. I yeah. absolutely love it. I also love that he's doing interviews after ten beers, <laughs> where he's calling the guy the Canadian Tom Brady. He was I, one step from a Joe Namath telling uh, the, the one woman sideline reporter that he wanted to Susie kiss her. Culver. Susie That's right. Culver. It was Susie Culver. I want to kiss you. <laughs> I do not think Kyle is the Canadian Tom Brady. <laughs> However, he, I, I'm sh- he's a good-looking lad. Sure, I'll give him that. <laughs> the first career hit from J.J. Metasevic. We think we're pronouncing that right because he's brand new. But uh, that first hit was a home run, and this teenager traded the ball for six game tickets, six batting practice access tickets, a Jose Altuve autographed baseball, a Justin Verlander autographed jersey. What do you guys think of that haul? That's an all-time haul. I, I don't know. Like he must have had Alan Walsh or Scott Boris <laughs> as a guest with him at the game. I, like that's a horrible trade for the Astros. Like this poor rookie comes in. He's like, how does this work? He's got to go over to Verlander and be like, "Hey, uh, I need you to sign one of your jerseys for this guy." Uh, I, uh, <laughs> who? Who are you? <laughs> are you the guy that washes towels? What are you talking about? This is this is an all-time haul. This is. I think the Astros got screwed out of this. This is. There's one word to describe this: greed. 
Like, we had a great broadcaster on the show, Jamie Campbell, caught a huge ball from David Ortiz at the yep. All-Star game. He didn't ask for anything. He walked to the room and gave it to David Ortiz. This 16-year-old, I'm surprised, didn't ask to manage the Houston Astros for a day. <laughs> After the haul that he got here, this is unbelievable. It actually goes to show you how tight the Astros are, that Altuve would sign a ball and Verlander mm-hmm. would sign a jersey and say, I guess he wrote nice catch on the jersey and gave it to the kid. Before you know it, this kid's going to be stealing signals for the Astros. <laughs> Seriously. Front office job. What would, so like, for, let's just say first career hit, it's a home run. Let's use, you know, somebody that we all know and love on the show, Riley Green, the future of the Detroit Tigers. He is first hit is a home run, you catch the ball. Realistically, what are you guys asking for? Well, apparently I'm going to ask for six game tickets, (laughs) six batting practice (laughs) access tickets. uh, Honestly, probably just an autographed bat and a picture. Yeah, yeah, I'd be the same way. I I wouldn't be asking for a ton. No, I don't know why this, you know, because he's 16 or whatever, and I don't know why you feel like you deserve all that stuff. You you were sitting in the seat that the ball was Landed. headed towards. If if you didn't catch it, somebody else would just get it. Like it's it's a terrible deal that the Astros give that away because you I can promise have now set a precedent of all these baseball fans around baseball that this is hey, I caught your first career home run. By the way, last week, this guy got this, this, and this. I think there is going to be some trickle down for this. Yeah, I agree. I see. I don't have a problem with the six game tickets and the six batting practice access tickets because they have those kind of sitting around that go unclaimed if players, friends or family don't show up. But Altuve and Verlander having to offer up stuff (laughs) like that's a little much. Yeah, yeah. I want to know how this went. Like, if the Astros came in and you're like, hey, I'll, I'll give you a signed bat. Like, nope, I want six tickets. I want six bats. And the Astros are like, sure, yeah, you, that's fair. You win. No, I, I think it's, I want six game tickets. Yeah, sure. No, 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 no. I want yeah. six game tickets and batting practice tickets. Okay, sure. No, 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 no. I want, <laughs> I want an Altuve signed baseball. And the six and the six. Okay. No, 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 no. I want more. Greedy. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And Drake dropped a new album on the weekend titled Honestly Nevermind. From Ali and Godrich submitted this song for Pump It or Dump It. Time is revealing. How are you feeling? You don't feel nothing. song is called falling back so boys pump it or dump it so i get this thing (laughs) sent to me by manny i open it up on youtube look we're all busy we've all got (laughs) full-time jobs we're busy people i open this youtube link up it's nine minutes which how long's the music video some artists 
albums are nine minutes. <laughs> you know how many times I can listen to Ba Ba Black Sheep in nine minutes? And it has a better beat? So I listened to the first minute and a half, and all I heard was, uh, uh, uh. So I stopped. I have no idea what this song sounds like in real, but this is a all-time dump for me. Nine-minute video. We got stuff to do too, Drake. <laughs> I did the same thing. I listened to about three minutes and went, where the hell is the song in this? So I found the lyric video. And the song sucks ass. It is terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. I I hate Drake so much. I don't like Drake at all. And this song is as Drake as it gets. Oh, this is great. Because now we're going to listen to Drake all weekend long at the oh. pool party. <laughs> Thanks for shopper dropping that. You know what? This whole album is more dancing. And it's getting torched. Like this whole album is getting ripped apart by fans because it's not the classic hip-hop it's more got some dance to it i don't like this song either at all but everybody's playing it ali appreciate the song i'm with the boys though i'm dumping this yeah ali you could probably listen to this podcast a couple of times and then catch the end of that song so <laughs> glad you could at least go back to that and then the video, he's marrying like 30 women. Like, yeah. what's going on that in the video? Awful. <laughs> awful. It's nine minutes of torture, and I haven't even, and I had the song on mute. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine this scenario in my lifetime where there's 30 women and nine minutes <laughs> of a duration of any kind. <laughs> and that does it for another debate on rapid fire <laughs> great stuff as always and remember this is our only show of the week no ot necessary this week yeah we got to get our abs in fine form a couple weeks from now is when it's really going down we should sell tickets the spectators come and see this this fast <laughs> In the meantime, uh, <laughs> while you're not uh, in listening to, to Drake's album, go on to Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook to find out what's happening in the world of sports. Leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Say, hey, these are nice guys. I like these guys. And then that means more people get to join our cult. And uh, and it's, it's more fun. We get to keep doing these. So make sure you're hitting us up on social media wherever you can find us. And if you want to get in touch with us a different way, send us an email with your questions and comments at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors on the podcast, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. I wonder if he's going to make an appearance at the pool. The, the, the sports training and nutrition guys <laughs> on his way. <laughs> We need He'll some just, help. <laughs> <laughs> He'll sit on the edge of the pool and just judge us the whole time. Yeah. We need to set up specific personal plans 
for July the 5th and onwards with Shane Tabalovic. That's like, a good all, idea. All three of us are booked. Actually, don't call Shane. He's booked for the next while. <laughs> he's got a couple of special projects he's got to take on. <laughs> and it's going to last a while. <laughs> it's gonna, this is going to be a while. <laughs> Thousand Pound Brothers is coming up. <laughs> he might be free by New Year's. well thanks for listening everybody i hope you guys had half as much fun as we had putting on this show we will talk to you again next week on the brand new episode of for future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard One of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.